Okay, so we're recording episode three of the Q Chat. And today we're going to be discussing the whole notion of go heal. We want to discuss mental health awareness. Just a part of loving yourself is also taking care of your mental health. A lot of times we may focus on the outer shell, but what we want to discuss today is just what's inside your head, what's inside your heart. That's the things that really keep us going. So we want to go ahead and discuss mental health. So before we get started on the topic, I wanted to go ahead and give everyone a chance to introduce themselves. Um, I'll start with Yolanda since this is her first time on the podcast with the Key Chat. You want to go ahead and introduce yourself, Yolanda? Hi, I'm Yolanda, and as you guys know, I'm Sharonda's cousin, and I just feel like mental health is something that we definitely talk about more just because I deal with a lot of different issues, and I'm not really traditional about some of the treatments that they have out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Alicia, you want to go ahead and um, give your take on your expertise, is that, if that's the best word, or just how you have particular yeah. insight on this subject? Yeah, I feel like um, I'm the person that's probably got real-life proof as somebody that was like, no, 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 like, I would never do this. Mm-hmm. And then when your world gets turned upside down, you find yourself actually going towards those things that you right. said you'd never do or try, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's pretty much where my opinion is going to come, through, come mm-hmm. from today. Right. I know uh, my personal experience with mental health and just mental illness in general, um, I actually, a lot of people don't realize I do have issues with PTSD um, from some incidents that happened in the past that I deal with on a daily basis, honestly. And also anxiety issues. So that's something that I feel just mental illness in general or just things that we may struggle with, we don't necessarily disclose that. So that's what we want to go ahead and get started with. So I decided that we're going to break down this discussion um, in different sections. Also, before we get started, let me throw out the disclaimer None of us are licensed therapists. (laughs) We're just three sisters trying to (laughs) have a good old conversation and hopefully, you know, help someone or just to be transparent. Just whoever may listen to this and just may feel that they be more comfortable discussing maybe things that they're struggling with, things of that nature. But once again, we're definitely not licensed therapists. If you do need some serious professional help, um, definitely seek that out. But we're going to just go over a lot of different things, hopefully to help someone. So um, the first thing that we wanted to discuss was just different things that people could possibly be suffering from. Um, Obviously, there's issues. People may have issues with depression, anxiety, things of that nature. If you look at things in the media now, suicide rates actually are more prominent right now. There was even, I believe, like a pastor that just committed suicide last week. Um, And there was another person, I believe, I can't remember the university, But this person was actually over some type of health organization or something like that, and he ended up committing suicide. So obviously suicide is a big pertinent issue right now as well. But um, what I wanted to discuss first off is just different things that people can be suffering with in general. I know that I feel that mental health in general, the word mental seems to have a negative stigma. So I kind of wanted to direct it to you guys. Um, I don't know if um, Alicia wanted to start first on... What is your take on just mental health in general? Like I said, I personally feel that there's some type of shame and embarrassment sometimes to even have yeah. this discussion, which I think is a problem. So what is your take on your views of mental health in general? 
yeah, in general, I feel like it's one of those things where people always think they hear mental health and they think, oh, she's crazy mm-hmm. or she's messed up. Um, and I can be, I can be fully honest. I, I'm perfectly normal and I still go to therapy. Mm-hmm. It is really, really healthy for your mind. Right. Um, even if you have nothing necessarily negative going on in your life, say you have no negative thoughts, nothing like that at all. Um, it's good to just go to a, a unbiased third party person and almost just vent about whatever it is in your life. If mm-hmm. it's your relationship, if it is your finances, whatever it is, you will feel a thousand times better after you leave that place. Right, right. That is my general take when it comes to at least therapy and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's this huge stigma of um, everybody should be ashamed of this. But honestly, I feel like 90% of the population has some sort of depression, anxiety um, today because of, you know, social media is a big thing, but Mm -hmm. it's more common than you think. So if you think you're alone in it, you're not. (laughs) Right, right. Yolanda, what is your take on just mental, what does mental awareness, mental health, what does that mean to you right now? I definitely agree with a lot with um, what Alicia said, but I think also coming from the black culture, you kind of taught that you're not supposed to go to therapy and mm-hmm. you just kind of, you know, that's why everybody has, you know, something they have to deal with and that's just part of it. Right. And so either you kind of mock from going to therapy or you kind of shame about if you're in therapy and totally not supposed to discuss those different things. And like mm-hmm. Alicia said, I am also in therapy. And for me, it has been very rewarding because it changes your views as about, we're taught also you're not supposed to be selfish, and you are. Right. Um, I feel like therapy also kind of, it gives you somebody to blame things on. So you can be like, well, my therapist said this. So it kind of frees you in ways that a lot of times not going to therapy, you just kind of deal with those issues and you lock them in. For me, with mental health in general, a lot of times people don't want to acknowledge their actual present situation. So going to therapy for them is like they're losing something of themselves and because therapy is personal, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard sometimes to open somebody or you don't want somebody to view you in a negative stance because right. we're taught you're supposed to have your, your stuff together, right? Mm-hmm. You're supposed to you know have like this status quo life and most people are not living that life. Right. And because you see all of these different aspirations on TV, you think that's normal. Mm-hmm. And most of the things that we watch is Photoshop and it's not true images or true visions that we're seeing. So we're living in this pretend world. And so it deals with a whole other level of your mental illness. Right. And you both actually brought up very good points. Like Alicia mentioned social media. You just mentioned, you know, things that people see, their perception. And that actually triggers people's depression because I think sometimes we are suffering because we're too busy comparing what we think is quote unquote normal, which on the flip side is why sometimes people are embarrassed to discuss mental health because we're thinking, oh, well, this isn't normal that this freaks me out or this makes me nervous or this particular thing makes me really sad. Like we're embarrassed because Mm -hmm. we're thinking that something is not normal when at the end of the day, Right. Nothing's normal, technically. You know what I'm saying? Like, everyone has their own particular journey or their particular walk. But I think we're so fixated on what we view as normal, which also is one of the reasons why I think people are ashamed and embarrassed 
to even seek any type of help, whether that's speaking to, you know, a therapist or a counselor or just telling someone that you care about, hey, I'm depressed or I'm really sad. I think I may need, you know, some help or I think I may need to discuss what's happening. And you also mentioned too, Yolanda, just about the black community. I know for a fact, like a lot of people, they, you know, and I'm not knocking that, but some people feel like if you're suffering or if you're sad about something, you need to just pray it away, go to church, and that's it. Now, while that's fine and dandy for people, no, sometimes people have a legitimate medical condition, okay? And that's one thing that I think people don't understand. Mental health, certain, it is a medical condition. If you're like, you're dealing with severe depression or suicide ideation, things of that nature, you have to speak to a mm-hmm. professional. That's just my personal take on it. And I think that all ties into just people being embarrassed. I still feel like that's just such a huge stigma on mental health. If you say someone is quote unquote mentally ill, you're thinking, oh my God, <laughs> you're afraid. And you're thinking that's something wrong with that person. But a mental illness is the same as right. saying, well, that person has asthma. Or this person has diabetes. Like yeah. if only we can look at it that way, you know, which we should, because it's, it's an ailment. I mean, it's just something that can be treated. You know, I just feel like that would take away a lot of the embarrassment, you know, and it would also generate more conversations that could possibly save someone's life, you know, at the end of the day. But there's so much embarrassment behind mental yeah. illness, you know, which is really sad. And I think that's why a lot of people are suffering in silence because they're afraid or they're ashamed to seek help. Listen, all I'm going to say <laughs> is I used to have Facebook for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And within the last year, I decided to delete all my social medias except for Instagram because Instagram is, in my opinion, the most healthiest of social medias because it's literally only photos. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go on Facebook, what are the two things that you notice from people? You either see people showing off their lifestyle, mm-hmm. boasting about it, right. or you see people complaining and looking for attention. Oh, that's true. Or sending sending crisp, <laughs> uh, like cryptic messages for yes. for likes or mm-hmm. you know and if, our attention. If you think that there is truly no in between for it when it comes to how people are feeling in this world, mm-hmm. that right there tells you social media has a huge impact on the way people want to be per- perceived. Right, you're absolutely right. right. And on a different perspective, it's like. <clears throat> I was recently involved in a car accident, and my mobility is kind of impaired. I feel like if I was not already in therapy, I wouldn't have been able to deal with the trauma of that. I feel like a lot of times, you're just kind of talking, it's okay, you're going to get better, but all those other emotions, you're, talk, you're, not, you're supposed to always be happy, you're supposed to always, you know, we, we strive to make other people feel comfortable. So in therapy, you have that moment to be completely selfish mm-hmm. and just talk about you. And that therapist is concerned with just you. They're not concerned about anybody else's feelings or how anybody else is going to react. They're only concerned about what's best for you. Right. And a lot of times we don't put ourselves first. Right. So sometimes that's important. We we need to do more self-loving things. And therapy is definitely one of those things that is just about self. Right. It, it really is. And, and who's... Who's going to have a mentality of why wouldn't I want to go help myself? Right. If you right. don't go to therapy, what are you losing? Not much. If right. anything, it's therapy's hard. Mm-hmm. You are investing in yourself 
And you may be opening boxes that are from maybe even your childhood that you really don't right. want to relive, but you need to put salt in that wound in order for it to heal. Right, Correct. right. I agree. I agree. And that's 100%. a good point. And yeah, and I, I have to also just quickly add in, like, mm-hmm. I was dead set against therapy for mm-hmm. a very long time because I went to a therapist once and I, I, I just had that um, mental image in my mind of me sitting on the couch and her asking me, how do you feel about that? And, and I went in with a very negative perspective of it. Mm-hmm. So after two um, sessions, I basically said, I'm done with this. You're not helping me. I need you to tell me how to fix this, this, and this. You have not done that yet. Therefore, therapy is not for me. That right. was such a wrong way to go into that. Mm-hmm. Because if you think anything positive is going to change with years of trauma in two, two sessions, you're <laughs> right. out of right. your mind. Then right. you are really right. need therapy. <laughs> that is totally right. true. I agree with that. I think that the thing too, a lot of times you go into therapy and you prescribe medication if you want to see a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And people take pills assuming the pill is going to change their entire life, and that is not true. Right. That is so not true. No. And I feel like a lot of times the downside is that you're taking medication and you're not dealing with those issues. And so now things are starting to spiral more because you still have to deal with those issues. True. That if is you're not true. actually going to therapy to work through those issues, you're still doing yourself a disservice. Right. So yeah. you have to peel back those layers. You have to understand why you're ticking a certain weight. If you're having these negative things and you correct those things, your life itself becomes better. I'm not saying you should take medication, but mm-hmm. you should be mindful of what you are taking and right. what is actually doing in your life. That is true. And you guys both brought up good points, several good points. Number one, the social media thing. Yeah. I personally can't stand Facebook. I'm not going to lie. Like, I dislike it. The only reason I am on there is because, like, I have relatives. That's pretty much the only way we kind of communicate as far as, like, you know, seeing, oh, look at your kids, blah, blah, blah. But other than that, you're right. It's people that are boasting. And if they're not boasting, there's people Mm -hmm. that literally need to unpack those ridiculous posts with a therapist. Okay? Not on social media. I've always found that bizarre when people go on social media and start doing this TMI thing, like, you know, complaining about their lives and stuff. It's very bizarre, honestly. So that is a problem. Number two, I had a friend one time and she said that Facebook made her depressed because she's like, well, I have a hard time with it. People are going on there and they're posting this and my life isn't that way. And I'm like, exactly. To me, I thought I was taken aback when she said it. But yeah, mind you, let's say someone is dealing with some level of depression or something. Maybe they don't want to hear about your fabulous job or let's say someone can't have children. Maybe they don't want to hear about your children on there. So that is a trigger. Um, And that's not to say that you can't post your kid about your kids. Right. (laughs) But you have to do what's healthy for you. Right. Correct. I think also the accessibility of it. I feel like we're not in a day and age where people feel as well just because you text me or you call me or you reach out to me or you see that green light on, you can reach out and sometimes you need that time where it's you taking just self time. Mm-hmm. And you, yes. we, we don't decompress enough. Right. And our phone is always in our hand or we have some type of way people are always reaching out to us. Mm-hmm. And because we don't take that time to just have those self days and those mental health days and those tampering days and those self love days, 
you're always burnt out. You know, you ran from this thing to that thing to that thing, and you never, it's like a computer. You never shut it off. Right. And so everybody's always going, so then you feel like you're always missing out, so you want to always be going, but everybody's not the same. And I feel like the other thing is that we're in that world where everybody's either a winner or a loser. And so if you're not doing what the status quo is doing, then you feel as though you're losing something. Right. And that's not always the case either. Right. And another thing, too, that um, you both made a good point with was therapy in general. You know, when people do decide to go to therapy, I've seen a therapist in the past. You cannot expect, oh, yeah, I'm going to go see this therapist. All this BS and baggage from my childhood and my crappy middle life is going to be over with in two sessions. No, (laughs) you have to, number one, trust the therapist as well. But also, and you know what I mean? It takes time. Make sure you found someone that you are comfortable with. But Number one, you got to trust that therapist. Number two, yeah, you are unpacking layers, okay? I'm sh- nine out of ten when you go to therapy, you're going to end up discussing some stuff that may have happened in the seventh grade <laughs> that you totally yeah. forgot about. Or that, yeah. you know, it happened, I, you know, Christmas morning in 1987 that you didn't think, you know, is a trigger, you know, but you do have to unpack mm-hmm. some layers. Yeah. It's several sessions, honestly, of unpacking layers before you really kind of get to the progress of, you know, working through those issues. So that's another thing that people should be aware of. You know, therapy is a process and it is a job, you know, from the perspective of the therapist and also from the patient, because it's like a partnership. You're both working on this common goal, you know, to just solve some things and unpack some things and, you know, take down these layers to get to the core of what's taking place. You know, some people need therapy on a regular basis and it, it helps them cope with things, you know, mm-hmm. which is totally Yeah, like fine. for me, I'm an empath, mm-hmm. a big empath. Mm-hmm. So I looked at it like, why, why do I have to go to therapy? I've looked at it from her angle. I've looked at it from my angle. I, I want to understand what she's telling me. I've worked really hard to almost change my views mm-hmm. so that I'm understanding where this person's coming from. Um, you know, just I'm that type of person mm-hmm. but let me tell you therapy it, it it's like it maneuvers your brain to think and see things in a completely different way right and it will blow your mind it will and it's okay to look at your therapist if you're not feeling it number one I'm just gonna say this because this was a very big life-changing thing for me it's mm-hmm. okay that if that therapist and you do not connect well to you're investing in yourself. Find right. somebody else. Don't just give up and stop going. Right. You need to find somebody that works well for you. And I always recommend whenever you're feeling like if you are continuously going to therapy, it is okay to look at your therapist and say, I don't feel like I have been getting as much from you in these sessions. So we need to switch things up. Right, My definitely. therapist loves when I say that stuff because he is there to help me. And if he's not doing his job, he feels like a failure. Right. Correct. I agree with that. I do. And I feel like from the impact side of it too, I feel like a lot of times because it's easy to not recognize when somebody's energy is affecting you. Mm-hmm. It helps you build these boundaries and these walls. And that's important too. Right. But I think the other side of it, just outside of the actual traditional therapist, is finding those other things that help ground you rather than is dealing with your chakras or going out and finding what your spirituality brings you to. I feel like a lot of times we do these traditional things and they don't quite work. You have to find something that is giving you peace. And so it may not be wicked somebody else's peace, but you come away from that. And for me, it's, it's too strong. Sometimes I leave therapy and I am emotionally drained. 
Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I leave out there and it's like the world has been invested. Right. But that's what it should do. It shouldn't always be an easy session for you. But to that's leave out there point. and know that you accomplished some things is a wonderful feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm and glad if you're feeling you that way, that. you know it's progress. <laughs> right. But I'm glad you said that, Yolanda, because that's another thing, too. You know, sometimes when you leave your therapist session... Yeah, I mean, it's rough, you know, it's, you're not necessarily leaving feeling like you can do cartwheels all the way home. No, like you just unpacked a lot of stuff and it's real heavy. Now, should you feel like that after every session? No, not necessarily. But that's another good point. Like sometimes therapy sessions are extremely rough, you know, which is why it's a process, you know, which is why that next session after that rough session is extremely important to stick with it as well. And that's another thing, you know. If someone goes, let's say they decide to go to therapy and they have that rough session, definitely go back. You know, don't just give up, you know, right. and also Alicia brought up a good point as well. You have to have a therapist that you are comfortable with because if you're not because it is a trust thing as well. If you're not comfortable and it's so many different things, let's say you're not comfortable with that therapist, it's not going to work. And also you have to have that trust because you really do have to be open and honest in therapy. So, because they can't help you if they don't know everything or they're, they're only getting like, you know, your false image that you put on social media. You know, like you have to put the real deal uh-huh. out there. It's private. It's just you and that person. There's no way they can help you if you're not going to be open and honest. So, you know, so that's a good that's point. That's actually a great point. That's a wonderful point that you bring up because I cannot tell you how many of my, of my friends will go to therapy mm-hmm. and they'll say, oh, my therapist says I'm fine. I'm, I'm doing great. <laughs> And I know you're an emotional wreck on the inside because you are <laughs> right. not peeling back those layers right. and letting them actually in. And if you think that they don't know, they know. Deep right. down, they always know. <laughs> exactly. You can't bring, you know, your fake image to a therapy session. You know, like, the therapist mm-hmm. can't work with, you know, your persona. Like, they have to work with the real you, you know, which is you have to be transparent in therapy it's like literally you have to be naked in a sense you know put it all out there if not it's not going to be effective you know by no means also you should at this point if you're in therapy you should be working towards something mm-hmm. learning something healing something exposing whatever it is so what's the purpose of going if you're not gonna put in the work you're right. wasting their time you're wasting your time and you're wasting your money so right. it doesn't make any sense correct so you know, yeah. I feel like for me, I switched therapy um, therapists recently, um, and with this new therapist, I just feel like sometimes I really did not want to discuss. Mm-hmm. We can discuss, you know, the aftermath, but to actually have to relive those experiences, I don't want to do that anymore. Right. You know, and I think also realizing it's a respect on both sides because that therapist needs to also respect your wishes. Mm-hmm. Um. And for me, I tried medication. And for me, no lie, I was walking around like a zombie, which was the stupidest thing. It's like, <laughs> I, I talked to other people. Mm-hmm. You do like this um, medicine voice. That's what I called it. And mm-hmm. so it's like, you're not quite yourself, mm-hmm. but you're yourself. And people know that you're off. That right. happens. And right. so you're still not really dealing with those issues. And so for me, this time around, it was listening. This is what's going on in my life. This is what I'm trying to accomplish in my life. Mm-hmm. And I need to have this, like, like, almost a GPS to get to this point. How can you help me get to this point? Right. What do I need to do? And so it was a roadmap. I want to do these things. And how do I accomplish these things? And I think having to shed away those legs and also be vulnerable 
but also listening to me and, mm-hmm. you know, pushing me beyond that my therapist in one session literally asked me 17 different times and in the same session the question why. And I was like, I don't know why. <laughs> but it right. made me think. Right. And when I went back in, I had an answer for those why. And so that's, if you're going to do this, know you're doing this for you and you don't have to share those things with anybody else. Right. It's just for you. Mm-hmm. So, and Yolanda, do you ever feel like when you're in therapy, six months could go by and things you used to talk about aren't even an issue anymore? You know why they're not? Because they're not an issue because those things have been worked on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I feel like, you know, exactly. 30 days is a habit, 60 days is a routine, 90 days is a way of life. Mm-hmm. And so that shows your growth. Because you're going through this right now, you're back and it should be constant growth.
you know, and I yep. think that's what that would that's an awesome point, you know, like if they knew that would make other people more comfortable and know how to deal with you. Like I know me personally, there's times like I kind of back off from my family. It's not anything personal. It's just that this is how I have to cope with my personal issues. Like I, it's certain things trigger my anxiety. So I have to back off, you know, in order for my own self-preservation. But it's nothing personal. But I think everyone takes things so personal, you know, so that is a good thing. Like, yeah. if they knew that this person is dealing with this, then they will know, okay, oh, that explains why they're not that, you mm-hmm. know, they're not that talkative or why they don't come to social functions with me or whatever, why they turn everything down. Because maybe, that, like I said, that's how they cope with what they're dealing with. They have to, you know, do things a particular I way. Think the other thing, too, is mm-hmm. that, like, with social anxiety, a lot of people deal with it, and we don't really view it as something that people deal with and when people see you as being successful they don't also necessarily think that you're comfortable in certain settings mm-hmm. and so when you already have like a bad mental health day and now those things that probably would have bothered you before they're bothering you more so now and i think too if people are more aware i don't think you tell people all the personal businesses right but just certain mm-hmm. things and they if they knew your triggers just imagine you don't have to walk around all the time on eggshell. Mm-hmm. That's the other side of that. Right. And, like, for me, being comfortable enough to say, listen, I deal with this, it's not you, it's me. Mm-hmm. So, you don't have to take it from You know so what I mean? So, it does. Yeah. It, 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 it takes you off the, uh, the, um, the hook. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. I'm sorry, Alicia. Just, no, no, you're good. You make, you make such a great point. Mm-hmm. And I want to make it clear to anybody that's listening, this isn't just anxiety and depression. This could be anything you're dealing with. If you're right. bipolar, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, right. yeah, and you have to have enough compassion in your life because I have multiple friends that deal with um, bipolar. They, mm-hmm. They're both bipolar mm-hmm. and they definitely have their manic um, times. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to text that friend and say, you know, if you're like in a venting mood, Hey, how was your day today? Mm-hmm. If you can't handle this conversation, let me know. Right. That's right. that is respectful. Mm-hmm. That's not offensive to anybody that is going through anything like that. Right. If anything, I, I feel like people appreciate the fact that you're caring enough about their mental health as well to be like, "Hey, are you good to listen to me today?" Because if not, mm-hmm. I've got other friends. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But you're also, to piggyback off of that, too, for me, being very clear, today is not a good day. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like a lot of times we feel like we are supposed to put ourselves in these situations to make people feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it comes as a disservice for us. Right. And yeah. that's not healthy. So when you already know that, like, today's sensitive, so it's okay to have, you know, and I am not, before I even say this, advocating drinking, but sometimes you need a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. And yes. Definitely. A glass of wine <laughs> and a hot bath. Yes. You know, and it's just what it is. That's okay. I just feel like a lot of times we feel like you're supposed to always be, you know, on, and this person is supposed to always be on, and you supposed to always be the person to get that answer, and you're supposed to always be happy, go lucky, and your strawberries and cream, and it's not. Mm-hmm. But you're not a robot. I'm, I'm, I'm not like that. No, right. you're not. But people, I feel like sometimes when you're like, like I'm a personality, and I have like my work ethic is one of those people like I want it done a certain way, and so it needs to be on point. And so I think people, like 
perfection, so they don't never expect you to have like bad days. Right. So when you have a bad day, it's like they it's weird. It's like they're offended, like they don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And so they kinda like skirting around it. So to take that pressure listen, I'm having a bad day. It's not even you. Listen. So And and that's hard for women. For mm-hmm. women, especially, because mm-hmm. then you're just a bitch, yeah. and it's like, right. no, right. no, just because I'm ninety percent genuinely happy, I'm allowed to have that ten percent. Exactly. Right. I agree. I agree. All right. Because a man can just have a bad day, and it's just bad. He, you know, he's being arrogant, or he's just being a man. But a woman is a whole yeah. different. It's a different level. It's completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's totally true. Yep. So, do either of you have personal experiences or friends that have, you know, like narcissism or bipolar disorder, anything like that that you can bring to the table and maybe help people that have that? I know someone who has a bipolar disorder and they get absolutely no treatment for it. They don't take meds, nothing. And yeah, I definitely can see, obviously, some negative things regarding that but once again that goes into this particular individual just chooses not to get any treatment for it you know which is basically a ticking time bomb at that point you know and it causes problems for people around them as well but yeah like I said they haven't acknowledged that they need to get that help needed like they were diagnosed like they know for a fact they were diagnosed with it and they just stopped taking meds everything that's a problem and I think that's one of the issues that's probably happened all across this country sometimes when we have you know these incidents a lot of times these shooters are mentally ill I'm not saying all of them by no means but there are some instances where it has been like a shooter you know in the country has been a person with mental illness that has zero treatment it's a major problem you know and like I said I feel like it all just falls into I don't think people understand that mental awareness taking care of yourself people just think of the physical parts of taking care of themselves the outer shell things of that nature i think people literally put their mental health on the back burner they don't take it seriously mm-hmm. you know That's like the first it, question my therapist always asks me are you taking care of yourself mm-hmm. some days i go yes and other days i go Hell no. <laughs> well, that's even with me and, and Yolanda. Says, well, what can we do about that? <laughs> but even me and Yolanda, like when we have our conversations, now mind you, like I said, my cousin's my spiritual animal. So like we'll have these long in-depth conversations. And sometimes when I'm unpacking and inventing something with her, her first question will be, well, how's your mental health? Imagine if more people ask that person. Just ask. How's your yeah. mental health? Mm-hmm. That's not a bad question. But I don't feel that's a question mm-hmm. that's asked at all you know in general but it's one of the best questions you should ask someone how is your mental health i feel like part of that is that people are polite mm-hmm. so they really don't want to know the, like because who wants to now i wasn't really expecting a 20 minute conversation and oh my god you really going through it and i'm already going through my own stuff true. but now i gotta mm-hmm, and grin and bear through it so people don't want to not that they're being mean about it but they may just be going through their own thing that's you know what I mean? We live in a people world where everybody gets offended. <laughs> True. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but That's if you're a real friend and you care about them, I think the other thing is who, right? That's what Alicia is for the narcissist part. For me, I think I've seen it both sides. I've seen people who knew that they really had mental illness and they didn't want to address it. 
or they was on so much medication, so because they couldn't function, they came off the meds. But then I've also seen it where people didn't know they were, and they either knew it and they didn't want to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. So in their mind, what they were doing, it was always justified. Right. Or, or if you know somebody that has bipolar disorder and you were recently diagnosed right. and you go, well, I can't go on this medication because it didn't work for that person. Well, you're not right. that person. Right, 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 true. right, right. Or like what the narcissist is like, everybody else is crazy but that person, so they don't see it the way I see it. And I think sometimes people are dealing with like mental issues and because they live in this bubble, because that's what, I feel like social media makes people think they're like these multimillionaires <laughs> and they are not. So mm-hmm. since everything is so self-centered, they don't even realize like some of the things that they're doing and it makes them, like, they, they, they can keep all types of all these mean things, and they won't say it out loud, and they don't really address who they are actually are as a person. So they don't even know who they are, and so they, they have this, this identity theft from their own selves, and it, it, it's a weird, the whole concept of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, even my therapist has told me narcissistic people are the most difficult in therapy because they, they're not hurt. Mm-hmm. It's the people around them that are hurting and they don't know right. why. Right. And they think there's nothing wrong with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess the only thing I can say in regards to that is because I, I do know people that are narcissistic and it can be very, very toxic. Mm-hmm. Oh, if definitely. If you don't think you're narcissistic and you have can count the amount of people on one hand that have left your life due to X, Y, and Z and have called you narcissistic, you might want to consider <laughs> yourself a narcissist. Right. right. Um, and a not be in such denial. Right. You have to self-reflect. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's like if everybody around you is reacting to you a certain way, maybe it really is you. Right. Maybe you are being, you know, offensive. Maybe you are, you know, because of the pain that you're in, you may not even recognize that you're doing certain things. Right. So if everybody's calling you on it, maybe you need to step back and just really see your own self. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have bad days, and sometimes we become, you know, then become a habit, and then become routine, and then the next thing, it, it's like something that you may not have wanted to be that way, but something pushed you that way. Right. And it can be small things, but all these small things build up, and now you're bitter, and you don't try to be bitter, but... People are saying, I to tell you, you you know, you maybe even want to check yourself. And you need to have good people like friends and relatives around you that are calling you on it mm-hmm. when you're not yourself. Right. People are scared to do that, too. And that's not healthy. So when you're seeing your friend is they're always outgoing and all of a sudden they're being withdrawn, you need to check up on your friend, your strong friend. Right. When you're seeing, like, they're just yeah. acting out and they're giving away things and they're doing things that's not normal, you're seeing people contemplating suicide to get their things away. You may mm-hmm. not be aware of that, but be conscious of that. Right. When people start talking more about that, you need to be conscious of that. Mm-hmm. When they're not doing, be that friend. You know, take that time out sometime. Even, even when they're I not, think, honestly. The, it's always mm-hmm. the funny people or the strong people that are honestly dealing with it with the most because they're carrying the weight of the world right. on their shoulders right. to try to cover that up. Look at Robin right. Williams. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. I know even personally, I know there was a particular work situation I had like a few years ago. Like I was always the quote unquote funny person, but mind you, they didn't realize I actually hate talking to clients. So, but I was really good at it, but I hated doing it. So my coping mechanism was 
cracking jokes all day because it's like it alleviated my stress and it also made other people in my environment they're laughing so it's like okay this is positive energy but they didn't realize like you know I'm not doing this for you I'm doing this for me you know because this is the only way I can get Uh through eight to five if I don't crack like a few jokes a day or whatever like I wouldn't be able to get on the phone with these people because I absolutely detest it so it's like you know they don't get it but um another thing that you guys mentioned which I thought was really pertinent you know it like when we were talking about the narcissist and just people like they don't realize maybe the way they're reacting is causing problems with other people to me it's all like a wound that hasn't healed yet you know a wound that hasn't healed is only going to fester and it's only going to get worse the same thing with your mental health if you're you know you're dealing with some level of trauma or something that you're not treating and you're having all these issues everywhere around it's because it's not being treated it is only getting worse like you're literally mentally deteriorating because you know that depression isn't getting dealt with or that anxiety or whatever it is that you're dealing with it does you know cause a huge problem it's just festering and it's not being dealt with are addressed and that's when things can become really drastic you know and scary and you could you know people could possibly harm themselves or harm other people because you know their issues aren't being treated and they're not being talked about right i always try to kind of put it in perspective like this whenever people ask me about this i say what's it like when you have a thorn in your foot Mm -hmm. it hurts really really bad and you don't want to touch it or pull it out because you know it's going to sting and it's going to burn. But once you finally do that, how much better does your foot feel? That is right. exactly how your life is going to be the second you start making steps to actually improve it. That's a good point. That's a very yeah. good point. You just got pulled the thorn. It's like, like the like, Band-Aid. You know, right. The other side of this is that I feel like a lot of times we kind of wait until we go to therapy to deal with some things, and you shouldn't. You should probably take like time out your actual day to just kind of just self love yourself mm-hmm. and listen to positive affirmations or whatever it is that you need to do to just put you in a better spirit. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to have a bad day. Sometimes breaking your day up into you know moments or hours or whatever it is that you need to get through the day is what you maybe need to do, and stop accepting that you have to be upset all day. True. You know, a lot of times one thing can upset us and that carries us throughout the entire day. Mm-hmm. And it really shouldn't. You know, it was a moment and we should address that in that moment, deal with those issues and then move forward. We don't have to carry that bad stuff with us. True. That's a good point. So I think one thing I want to address with each of you. So I know we did discuss therapy. Obviously, that is a very needed thing, you know, in dealing with mental health. And we also discussed, you know, the possibilities of medication. But just like day-to-day things, like Yolanda just touched a good point. What are good things that you guys may have personally done just just to get through the day? Let's say um, you may be having a bad day or you're super stressed. What are some things or some suggestions you have or what you may do on a daily basis? Like whether it's yoga or breathing, what are some things that you guys may have done to just cope with? For me, this sounds really weird, mm-hmm. but... I um, have a closet, that's, like, my room is an ensuite, but my closet is in between, so it's kind of occluded, where mm-hmm. the whole house can't really hear me, but they can't hear me. Mm-hmm. So I go into my closet, and I scream. Mm-hmm. And I scream all my frustrations out, and mm-hmm. that makes me feel better. I also do yoga. Um, before this accident, I would walk 30 minutes a day, 
because 30 minutes reduce, reduces, I'm mean, sorry, releases endorphins, and those mm -hmm. endorphins improve your mood. Um, I did yoga. I have a dog. I play with, my dog is lovable, so I play with my dog. Mm -hmm. um, I listen to music. I would dance. It was just my mood. I feel like for me being active helps releases a lot of my different emotions. I have this um, little punchy thing. Or it's like um, from GNC, and it's like this little, it's a boxing thing on a stick, and so I box. I do a lot of physical things, but also I think the biggest thing is like it was a really bad day to scream. Because at that moment, a lot of times, you're in situations where people do things that, that's upsetting to you and you can't really respond because, like in my case, you may need your job. Mm -hmm. Or you're trying to be respectful towards your child in that moment when they do some weird stuff that you know that just <laughs> don't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And that's not the moment they had that conversation, so you kind of just, you know, swallow that back. Or, you know, you different relationships or just different situations that sometimes it's better to be silent and just deal with at a different moment. So I come home and I go into my closet and I scream. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean like, ah, I mean like guttural scream, like the end of the world. And <laughs> I let it all out scream. So like when I first started doing it, like everybody was weirded out about it. Like kids, the boyfriend, all of them like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm screaming. I'm leaving you alone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> episode four, go scream. Right, right. For me, um, it took me a while to actually find a few things mm -hmm. because I get bored easily because I have... ADD. So mm -hmm. meditation, I tried it a few times. It didn't personally work for me because I have ADD, but I know so many mm -hmm. people it works well for. Mm -hmm. um, strangely enough, I also do something a little weird. I wake up and every day I tell myself three things that I'm grateful for mm -hmm. and that I like about myself. Awesome. Yeah, and then I, awesome. I live alone currently. So I have post-it notes sometimes um like when i'm really really down mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. all around my house like i'll put it on the um door to my fridge i'll put it in my bathroom mirror something that i love about myself mm -hmm. so that That's i'm good. always reminding myself the good things instead of focusing on the bad right. um mm -hmm. those are my two things i mean i feel like i also will like i love my dog he's the light of my life so mm -hmm. i'll take him for a hike or do something like that mm -hmm. um but those are the things that i do every single day that for me have really made the difference mm -hmm. but also uh, to be fair i had a lot of really shitty people in my life that just didn't belong there mm -hmm. so i like, once i kind of weeded out who actually cared about me and somebody I honestly clicked with on like a spiritual level but also like just really dope people that I I don't have to worry about walking on those eggshells with mm -hmm. my life like a huge just weight got lifted off because I could be myself around them mm -hmm. I could be totally open vulnerable if I needed to vent they were there and you want to have people in your life that give back what you give out. Mm -hmm. And once I, I'm yeah, sorry. once I did that, that was great. But in high school, like I come from a very, very, very small high school. Mm -hmm. My graduating class was 30 kids. Everybody knew everybody. You don't have options for who you're going to be friends with. Everything mm -hmm. is catty. Every, everybody gets bullied. And... I can't tell you how many people that I actually lost in high school to suicide. Oh, it wow. gets better. There is such a better life after. 
Oh, when wow. you get out into the real world, and then you can choose the people you want to be with right, and hang right. out with. True. That is true. But yeah, that's that's what I do. And you know what else? Being an empath, at least I think, too, is you have to be mindful of the energy that's around you. Mm-hmm. And so when people are being negative and they're all being carried, that's what brings you down. It does. And the other side is that as being an empath, you always kind of want to make things better for other people. Mm-hmm. And so... Yes. When you're trying to make logical things that, well, illogical things logical, it doesn't make sense, but it brings you down even more so. And so... You feel guilty for putting yourself first. You do. You do. Right. You do. That's true. Yeah. So, it's tricky. That's true. I know for me, I actually have been incorporating a lot of breathing exercises lately and I know, like, in the past, like, when I've heard people say, oh, you know, do breathing exercises, blah, 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 I would think it was a bunch of BS, but it actually works. I mean, if you're having high anxiety or whatever, I'll breathe in and out, and it just calms me down. It literally puts me in, like, a very calm mood, and I physically feel better in general if I just take time to just slowly inhale and exhale that like really makes a huge difference with me strangely enough um i'm a huge um person with actually taking long baths too <laughs> i do that like yes. on a regular basis sometimes with I my wine I, exactly like i'm definitely a <laughs> yes. wino that goes without saying anyone that knows me i'm obsessed with red wine but other than that like i there's sometimes i've taken several hot baths per day like i just it just puts me in a whole different world because that's my time to myself and it just really relaxes me, you know? And I think that just little things that we can, can incorporate in our day makes a huge difference. And we, we're not perfect. We can't control what type of days we have, but that one day that you're having a bad day, it's good to have that go-to exercise, you know, that you can quickly do, you know, to kind of shut whatever negativity is taking place, shut it off. You know, like sometimes people like, I also have a thing with music. If I listen to particular music, it just totally puts me on another level and it just changes my mood, you know, makes me happy or whatever. So that's one of the things that I use. Music, breathing, definitely. Sometimes if I'm really stressed out, when I inhale, I literally say to myself that I'm breathing in positive energy. And when I exhale, like I will actually say, okay, I'm letting go of negative energy. And I'll just do that several times. And it honestly feels like I have released negative energy, whether that sounds weird or not. It feels like I've literally let go of whatever negative thing was taking place that was triggering me. Like once I do that, I just feel like I really have released that out of me. And just inhaling in general, it just makes you feel really good. You know, that's been my experience. So that's one thing that I have been incorporating recently. And it's made a huge difference, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely tried that before. And I think it works as well. So I think... Oh, we... I also think... Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I think also, too, dealing with mental illness and mental health, mm-hmm. directly in your thoughts. And um, when you realize that you're having all these negative thoughts, trying to think a little bit more positive. Right. For me, recently, I started, like, dealing with, like, chakra stones. And different stones have different meanings. And for me, just kind of considering, and I think, too, taking the time to acknowledge what I actually feel. Mm-hmm. 
that's very uncomfortable in the beginning because nobody really wants to see that, you know, their their feeling lost or their life is not in balance or, you know, that they're not being heard or just different things. And so dealing with this, you have to be honest with yourself. Right. And so taking the time to acknowledge those things and deal with those thoughts and also having that positive perspective that this is going to change for me and I'm going to do these things and, you know, I'm more of a realist than an optimist. I'm definitely not a pessimist, but for me, I see things just for they are. But in this time, it can be better, and I can project those things. Mm-hmm. And so being more positive-minded, that just because you're going through whatever you're going through right now, that's temporary. Right. It does so, not have to always yeah. be that way. And even if you're, like, for me, like, my lifestyle has changed. It's like, because I'm not active, but now I'm finding different things to find joy in. Mm-hmm. And also being humble and appreciative of the things that has happened since, opposed to just focusing or dwelling on those things I can't do or what I thought should have happened. Right. So sometimes just changing that you, your circumstances may not change, but you yourself, you taking the time to change how you view things, you know, if it's something as simple that try a different meal, something, you know, a different type of fat, you know, drop some essence or bombs into the water, just something that is going to give you the time to just focus on your own self taking those small things just to know that if you feel if you're feeling lonely in mm-hmm. that moment at least you're being pampered for yourself and going back to self love again right. and you're you know somebody's taking the time for you that is true well I think I want to go ahead and kind of wrap this up in a sense um, I want to go to each of you First, before we do in the conversation, um, once again, like I know this is like our third official recording. Um, the reason I always say our and we with everything, because to me, this is like a group effort. This is a movement. This is people having conversations, transparent conversations, and hopefully it will help someone. The whole theme for me personally and like Yolanda just mentioned, self-love, that's something you're going to hear a lot in every feature recording that we ever have. Everything to me focuses back to self-love. Go love yourself. That is a huge thing with me because at the end of the day, we have to love that person that we're seeing in that mirror. And I don't mean loving your looks. I mean loving what's inside the heart. That's the only way to get through each and every single day. Every single one of us are dealing with things that no one else knows, that no one else has to deal with. We all have our own cross to bear. And it is important just to love yourself on so many levels, you know, in order to survive and order and also to be the best person that you can be, you know, to make yourself happy. So um before we end it, I wanna, you know, give each person some floor time to just and from this conversation, you know, just mental health, we cover some good things, just simply just treatment, you know, or just exercises, things of that nature. But if you have to summarize right now, what is the main thing that you would like to, what's your message basically from this conversation? What is the message from your perspective that you would like any listener to walk away with? So um, I'll start with Yolanda first. Okay. Um, I think first and foremost, although right now you may feel as though that you alone are going through what you are, you're not, and more people are suffering than you actually realize, I think you need to be kinder to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have bad days. 
it's okay to, you know, feel frustrated. You're not going to always feel happy, and no human does. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes through something. Um, It's okay to, you know, take the time to figure out who you are as a person, regardless of whether or not you are single or in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, It's not okay to lash out. It's not okay to make somebody else feel as though, unless they are, like, you know, the cause of your problems, mm-hmm. but to make somebody else feel as though the cause of your problems when you're not. Right. You owe it to yourself to actually take the time to seek out treatment for yourself mm-hmm. in whatever form that treatment is. When you don't do those things, you're hurting those around you because people want more time to be involved in your life. You're doing them a disservice when you cut them out of your life because of the things that you're doing. Nobody has to deal with your craziness. Mm-hmm. Nobody does. And right. I'm saying craziness not to be offensive, but sometimes we do things to push people away purposely. Mm-hmm. And then we get offended when they're pushed away and they don't, they don't want to be bothered with us anymore. True. We have to take the opportunity to actually love ourselves enough to allow other people to love us too. Right. And it's okay to be vulnerable. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. And the other side of it is that happiness is a choice. You have to choose to want to be happy. You have to choose to want to, you know, live your life in accordance to who you want to be. And sometimes you have to change your adjustment of what life's supposed to be. Because mm-hmm. nobody has an actual, like, map or, like, a book or guidebook that shows you what your life should be. But you got to take the time to actually love yourself. We don't know what's going to happen in the, in the next life. Mm-hmm. But this life right now is a life that you're given and a life that you're living. So you have to make the most of it. If you don't, then you're hurting yourself because this time keeps passing and we, you can't go back and change anything. You just right. get the one life. That's right. it. You know, it's like you can't wake up and go, you know what? I'm going to change the last 10 years of my life. It does not work that way. Correct. Period. Mm-hmm. But for me, even dealing with all of the things that I deal with, I have way more good days than bad days and I focus on those good days. Mm-hmm. And so when I have those bad days, I'm honest enough to say, listen, it's a bad day. And I do what I need to do for myself to make that day better for me. And I feel like I also give those people around me and other people the opportunity to also have bad days. Mm-hmm. I think we have to change our own view of how we hold people accountable for certain things. Everybody's entitled to live their lives. And you can't control when they're going through what they're going through. Right. So that's pretty much what I have. Awesome. So, Alicia, what would you like to say? Yeah, just kind of branch off from that. Um, Every time you feel like you are envious of somebody else and it makes you feel like crap, just know there's probably somebody out there that's envious of you. Mm -hmm. Um, It can can always be worse, but it can always be a hell of a lot better. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me... Um, coming out of this conversation, mine, my message is going to be a lot more extreme mm-hmm. because I have lost way too many friends to suicide. Mm-hmm. And if anybody is in that type of mental state, all I can say is the pain that you are feeling right now, number one, it will go away. But number two, that pain, when if you are successful, it, it, that just transfers over to your family. And mm. you don't want that to happen to anybody. It happens to your right. family and your friends, and you are leaving that behind with you. And it, it, then there's nothing you can do about it to, to do that, to go back and fix it. So um, that's pretty much the only thing that I'm really here to 
stress enough is that it, it does hurt the people around you if you are that mentally mm-hmm. ill and you're not helping yourself because the people that love you want to see you do better in life. That's true. Um, so I think I'm just going to wrap up myself by saying that there is a national suicide prevention hotline. It's confidential. It is totally free, mm-hmm. and it's available 24 hours a day at 1-800-273-8255. Awesome. Thank you so yeah. much for that. So yeah. in closing... I just do want to say, as I ended the other recordings that we've done, whatever season that you are in your life right now, whether you are currently dealing with something and you're seeking professional help right now, you're in the middle of therapy, or if you're in a situation where you're at the point where you're debating how should you receive some treatment, if you're at a stage in your life where you're acknowledging that you are suffering from whatever it is and you realize you do need to seek help, whether you're in that season or maybe you're in another season where you have an awesome testimony. You have already been through that storm and you've gotten over it and you're walking around with an awesome contribution and a great testimony that can help someone else. Whatever season that you're in, just always remember to love yourself and love yourself. Love is a verb. Okay, love yourself means take care of yourself. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, just please let the shame go. Take care of yourself. Talk to a friend. Call someone. Just always make sure you love yourself because that's where everything does start. We all have to get into the notion of self-love and self-care, especially as we had this discussion regarding mental illness, mental awareness. That is a huge portion also of self-care. If you're dealing with depression, Sometimes it doesn't just go away. You have to speak to someone and you may need that medical, you know, that medication, whatever it is to treat it, you know, have no shame involved with that. If it's just simply speaking to a friend and that friend may be able to give you that comfort level where you're no longer ashamed and then you have that confidence to take that next step to go ahead and seek that therapy. Whatever season that you're in, just make sure you do love yourself. Please go love yourself and just think about yourself and take care of yourself. And anyone listening that may be having some issues, just remember that you do matter. There is someone on this earth that I guarantee does love you, that does feel that you make a difference in their life and would definitely hurt if you were no longer here or if you were in a stage where you're not in the healthiest state that you could be in. So self-preservation is super important. So just remember to love yourself whatever season you're in. So once again, I want to thank everyone that participated in tonight's podcast. And also, I try to make things a little simpler. If you do go to the website, www.queensarrogance.com, there is a page that lists podcasts. If you go to that page, you will be able to access the recordings Simply, all you have to do is click on it and it will lead you to all the podcast episodes. So also, if you have any questions, if there's any of the panelists that you want to contact, you have any questions, there also is a contact us page on that website. Once again, it is www.queensarrogance.com because once again, we all are in the Go Queen um, notion movement of you are the privilege, the prize and the package. But once again, definitely go love yourself. So thank you, and I want to thank Yolanda and Alicia. Thank you so much for this conversation, and we will see you guys soon. Thank you.